As health and wellness providers, we know that better patient outcomes require a whole person, multidisciplinary approach that we just can't provide on our own. That's why I've started the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. I'll be bringing you interviews with experts, tips, tricks, secrets, resources, systems, and solutions so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And creating your wellness center won't feel like starting over. Welcome back, everyone, to the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to take a moment to introduce our sponsor, Jane. Jane is an all-in-one practice management software with features like online booking, scheduling, documentation, and a PCI-compliant payment solution. The time you spend with your patients and clients is valuable, and filling out forms during their appointment can quickly take away from your time together. That's why the team at Jane has designed online intake forms that your patients can complete from the comfort of their homes. And to help them remember to fill out their forms, Jane has your back with a friendly email reminder sent 24 hours before their appointment. This means they arrive ready to start their appointment and you can arrive ready to help. Jane's online intake forms are fully customizable to ensure you're collecting everything you need ahead of time, whether that's a credit card on file, insurance billing details, or assigned consent. You can build your intake forms from scratch or use a template from Jane's template library and customize it further to meet your practice needs. If you're interested in learning more, head to jane.app guide or use the code wellness1mo at sign up to receive a one month grace period on your new account. Welcome back, everyone, to the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. Today on the show, we have Michelle Grassick. Michelle, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Let's start by having you share a bit about your story and let us know how you got to be doing what you're doing now. Sure. So I am an acupuncturist in upstate New York, and I've been doing that for about 13 years. And not long after I opened my first practice, I started teaching marketing to other acupuncturists. And I really got into that because at the time I was Googling marketing for acupuncturists and there were maybe six blogs in the English speaking world that addressed that specifically. And that just blew my mind out of the millions of blogs and websites that were out there. So few people were talking about this topic. Um, and so, you know, at the, I didn't really know what to do when I first Googled it. And I sort of sat on that information and I was pretty clueless about marketing after I graduated. Like many wellness professionals, I think or the programs don't focus on marketing or building a practice. They're very much just learning how to do your trade. And so I was kind of desperate. So I ran a Groupon, <laughs> which I'm not really sure if I recommend. Uh, and I had this one patient who came through Groupon and she had four treatments. That was her package. And she finished up her package of treatments and she said, I, you know, I really love this cosmetic acupuncture. That's my specialty. And I'd like to continue, but 
I don't want to keep paying you. <laughs> and I was just thought to myself, like, wow, I really don't know where we go from here. <laughs> like, what do I even <laughs> say to that? So it turned out that she really wanted to do a trade. She was a marketing professional in her first career for about a decade. And she recognized that I had no marketing, really no marketing going on for my practice at all. And so she said, let me teach you marketing and you give me cosmetic acupuncture and we'll just try it and see how it goes. We ended up doing that trade for three years and she taught me so much about marketing, including how to think about marketing in a really positive way. Um, she's given me permission to share and I've shared her name so many times. Her name is Deb. She's very effervescent and she just sees the uh, the creativity and the inspiration and everything. And so she really taught me to look at marketing from this positive angle where you can kind of trust your intuition and create something beautiful and interesting. And so after we stopped that trade, I realized that I had been so lucky to have her that I couldn't think of anyone that I knew in my industry who had a marketing mentor just dropped into their lap. And especially not one who had such a positive outlook on marketing. And so that was pretty much when I realized that I should start talking about marketing in a blog and teaching, you know, to add to the six websites that were already out there, but also to (laughs) kind of be that Deb for other people so that they could have completely new ways of thinking about marketing and not feel like it's so gross anymore. I love that so much. And I think we can all agree that wellness providers are hesitant about marketing at mm-hmm. best and really grossed yeah. out by marketing, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, most yeah. of the time. So um, was it through your work with Deb that you just really started to learn to love the process of marketing? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, when I say that she was effervescent. I really mean that. And she carried it into everything that she did, including, you know, marketing for her work, as well as teaching me how to approach it. I remember we used to meet monthly at this little diner near my practice. And we were working on a marketing campaign for the upcoming month because she was also my accountability partner, right? We would brainstorm a marketing activity. And then the following month, she would check in and be like, did you do it? which is very helpful. And I can't even remember what it was that she wanted to launch, but she kept insisting that we needed to ask the other people in the diner their opinion. She's like, these people are your target market and what they think matters. And they're so nice, I promise. So she went to every table in the diner and I'm a major introvert. So I was like horrified at first. And she introduced me and she knew all of these people. And she just asked them the question, whatever it was, like, what do you think we should call this event that we're hosting? It was probably like a skincare class or something. And the response was so positive. People were really uh, engaged, and which surprised me because you would think they'd want to be left alone to their breakfast. But I think that Deb just had this way about her that made everyone kind of want to participate. And I think some of that really rubbed off on me. And I, I mean, I can't emphasize how, how lucky that feels. So most providers are out there feeling stressed, anxious about marketing, worried it's going to feel too salesy and icky. What Mm -hmm. can we do about it? What are your suggestions? 
The number one thing that I recommend to my marketing students is to think about marketing from some new perspectives. And the way that I really like to teach marketing is from the angle that all you're really doing in your marketing is letting the people who need you know that you exist. So you are teaching them that acupuncture or whatever your profession is can really help them with their specific conditions or symptoms. And you're letting them know that your practice exists in their community. So just those two things. And when you come at your marketing from that angle that you're just sharing knowledge, you're just sharing information with with real life people in your local area, I find that it really takes a lot of the pressure off. It's hard to create sleazy, pushy marketing when you're thinking about it as sharing information. So let's say we, there we have a new provider, they're, you know, they're just starting out and they just really need and want patients on their schedule right away. What's that first type of marketing that you would recommend for them? In that case, I typically recommend that they get out into the community and talk to people in person. There's this concept in marketing where every every time you show up, it's considered a touch point. So that could be something like people reading a blog post that you wrote or seeing a Facebook post or bumping into you in person. And some touch points are warm and some are cool. So the more warm touch points that you can use in your marketing, the faster you build up trust in these potential patients. And talking to people in person is probably the warmest touch point. So when people are brand new, I always encourage them to pound the pavement or, you know, if you're an introvert, and that sounds pretty scary, make a big Excel document of all of the small businesses within a certain radius. And you get to pick the radius based on, you know, if you're in a large city, be a much smaller radius than here in my town of 9,000 people. The radius is like a mile. <laughs> but in a big city, that would be way too big. But make a spreadsheet of all the other local business owners and email all of them introducing yourself and sort of, you know, you're you're not really pitching the idea that you want them to send you referrals. You are asking them how you can support them and their clients or their patients, right? How can we work together to support our community mutually? Um, and basically what that does is that's also a very warm touch point. It just helps people get to know you very quickly and decide, you know, do I feel like I'm starting to trust this person already? Because in most, you know, in most healthcare, when you're marketing, your goal is to build up enough trust that people feel comfortable making an appointment. And so I really think that as tough as it is getting out there in person in the community is the fastest way to do that. And then if you just are like, I'm never going to do that, then make that huge Excel spreadsheet and introduce yourself to other business owners, uh, you know, as many as you can come up with. And both approaches usually go over really pretty well. I agree with you in all of our years in business in our clinic. This is what we always focus on as a priority mm. is in-person networking and marketing and building relationships. And, um, but it, it's, easier for some people, harder for mm -hmm. others based on personality mm -hmm. and also background and skill set and those types of things. Um, but I'll give a, a recent example because 
This was an example of sending a large amount of emails to a very specific population. So Mm. we have a child and family therapist on our team who works with young kiddos. So the target audience was reaching schools and school counselors uh, to be able to serve more kids. And we know that as schools starting, the school counselors are inundated um, with a really high need. Right. And we've, we've known this for a long time. And this is a very common thing that happens every year. Right. And the schools need more support. So just like you're saying, right, the email goes out to probably 2000 email addresses and none of that involved going in person at first. Right. But we send out 2000 emails and say our therapist introduces herself and shares like who she is, but also how can we help you? right? Not, hey, please send clients to me, but how can we be of support at this time of year when the need becomes higher? And the response has been really um, large. And the schools are all saying, yes, please, yes, please, yes, please. We need support. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, Mm. So anyway, that's a recent example of how that type of marketing can work when it's a mass email but it has to be, in my experience, it has to be to the exact right population, right? You have to figure out first, who are your ideal clients in this situation and and where are they? Yes. And I like the idea of thinking of marketing as an olive branch, you know, like you were just describing, saying genuinely, how can I help you? How can I support you? What can we do together? Yeah. Yeah. So... What is the one thing that you feel like providers, healthcare providers need to understand in order to create truly effective marketing? I think that the core of really, really great effective marketing is to know your target market, which is exactly what you were just talking about, and your ideal patient or your ideal client really, really well because it helps you be able to create marketing copy or really anytime you are writing anything for your marketing for your website for a social media post, you can think of your ideal patient in your mind and you can write it for them. But in writing it for an individual, you are actually going to connect with anyone who shares that ideal patient's goals, symptoms, what they're hoping for to get out of treatment, what their maybe doubts or concerns are that are preventing them from signing up. So anyone who has those things in common with this ideal patient is going to sit up and feel like you're speaking directly to them. And so that makes your marketing more effective because it makes people take action at a higher rate. And then it also makes it that you have to do less marketing over time because your marketing is that much stronger at its foundation. Yeah, that's a great, great tip and extremely important. I'm curious um, if we can think specifically about marketing acupuncture and cosmetic acupuncture in particular Mm. uh, for a minute. And I'm curious kind of the nuances that you have uh, learned, experienced over time that you feel like maybe are different from other modalities uh, when you are approaching marketing. Yeah. And like, how is cosmetic acupuncture different from like general acupuncture, that sort of thing? Yeah. Like, how are you reaching those patients differently, you know, when you're um, niching in the field in that way? 
Gotcha. Absolutely. So I find that cosmetic acupuncture tends to do really well on Instagram because Instagram seems to embrace self-care in every format and it's so visual, right? So that anytime you are sharing pictures of a treatment, like this is what facial acupuncture would look like. This is what the face massage looks like afterwards. These are the, you know, favorite products that we use on the skin that have Chinese herbs in them. People just are so interested. They're very likely to send those reels or those posts to their friends and share them in that way. And it's also very unique. It's, you know, it's been around for such a long time, but a lot of people in this country aren't even aware that cosmetic acupuncture is a thing. And so for people who are already on Instagram scrolling and looking at all the different kind of traditional facials that they can get, and then they run into the acupuncture facial, it's brand new for them. And they're pretty fascinated. And that's when they're sharing it with all of their people saying, have you seen this? Have you tried it? I can't wait to try it. So I think that, again, it really comes back to knowing um, not just your target market, but where they like to spend time. And then you can definitely dial in. So for example, I have some clients who have um, like orthopedic acupuncture specialty. Um, their focus is athletes. And so that does decently well on Instagram. But I find that they also have a ton of success by asking if they can speak at local gyms and just talk about, even in a casual way, how can acupuncture help you recover faster? And for anybody who's in CrossFit, where you know their injuries are relatively, relatively frequent, or if they are competing, even if it is in like an er- intramural way, that is really an important goal of theirs is to feel better so they can get back to doing what they really like. So it's really about you know, think of your people who have the symptoms you want to treat and ask yourself where they spend time that you might be able to get in front of them. Awesome. Michelle, this has been a great conversation. I'm curious at this point in your career, what does success mean to you? Mm, So I think that I mean, this is so individual, of course, and I also think it changes over time. So I feel like success is having freedom of your time, as well as, of course, you know, the financial stability that you need or that's practical. But I really love being able to take time off when I need to. Um, I adopted two cats today. And so, oh, congratulations. Was, yes, it's a super exciting day. Also mildly stressful. I haven't adopted a pet in a long time. Uh, but it was incredible to, I just happened to have the day off, right? Like I, I didn't have to go into clinic today. And it was nice to be able to prioritize something fun like that. Um, but then, of course, you know, I think it's also important to have that freedom in case a crisis happens, in case you need to take care of a family member who's sick, if you need to take off emergency time for that. So for me, it's really about the um, being in control of my time and my schedule. What's that one piece of advice you would give your younger provider self or a brand new provider who's starting their own practice? What's that one thing that you would love to pass along? 
One thing that I see all the time in my like recently graduated marketing students is that they are really afraid to step on the toes of more established practitioners in their area. They sort of feel like so-and-so has been in business for 15 years and it's almost to them, they feel like the practitioner owns that part of town. And so they're afraid to do any marketing in that area for fear that the other person is going to turn around and kind of tell them to get lost or say, who do you think you are? And never in my nine years of teaching marketing or my 13 years of being in practice and doing marketing for my own clinic, have I ever had another provider give anybody a hard time. And what usually happens is once you start marketing kind of near their practice, they notice and they might reach out and sort of be like, oh, hey, I didn't know someone was new was in town. Like, welcome. What are you up to? Like, what do you specialize in? And it also sort of naturally asks them to step up their own marketing game if they want to, when they don't have to. Maybe they have enough referrals that they're not even worried about it, but it can sort of be a friendly challenge that makes them say, oh, wow, like this person is really doing well on TikTok or Instagram. I don't know anything about that, but I'm going to find the marketing that works well for me and lean into that over here. So I think it it ends up working out really well. There really is nothing to be afraid of. And I never want that to hold new practitioners back from marketing if they're in an area where there are other healthcare providers. Michelle, it sounds like you have an awesome giveaway for our listeners. Something about 37 authentic marketing ideas. How can our listeners take advantage of that? Yeah. So this is a list of just really nice low-key ideas for people to put into practice to get more visible in your community. And I always recommend experimenting with different marketing to see what works well for you. So I feel like a big list like this is useful for that. You can kind of check things off or cross them off if you tried it and you didn't like it and then circle what's working well. Um, And all they have to do is check out the link in your bio and they can sign right up for that. Awesome. And if our um, anyone who's listening today wants to work with you for marketing support, is that something you offer? Um, and how can they take advantage of that? Mm-hmm. So my website is michellegrassick.com. And I have all of my classes and my business coaching are available there. And I also have a podcast called the Acupuncture Marketing School Podcast, which they can access through michellegrassick.com as well. And then I'm on Instagram on the, the same name, at Michelle Grassick. Michelle, thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please visit our website at wellnesscentercreators.com for more show notes and additional episodes. By the way, I love hearing from listeners. Please send me an email at Kendall, K-E-N-D-A-L-L at wellnesscentercreators.com with your feedback. And if you send me a question, maybe I'll read it on the show, anonymously, of course. Thanks so much again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Wellness Center Creators Podcast.